911 emergency, what are you reporting? 911 emergency, what are you reporting? Welcome, everybody, back to another phenomenal episode of We Speak Dispatch, because if we're talking dispatch, uh, hopefully you are too, and you need to talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers, talk to everybody and let them know, hey, come and join us on We Speak Dispatch. So if you are watching this on a screen, you can see that we, we've got our regular cast of characters here, um, and we have a special guest today. So before we get to that special guest, go around the horn. Doug? How's it going? Hello, it's great in Tennessee. Tennessee is great. Love wow. Dolly Parton. Okay. Okay. That's a whole nother episode. John, <laughs> how's it going where you are? It is going great. Excellent. And he doesn't love Dolly Parton. Thanks. That's good. Thank you. Not as much. Not as much as you. And then Joe. Yes. How, how is it where you are? Iowa is phenomenal. It's a great day today. So I'm happy to be here. It's in double digits. It's not freezing. The sun is shining. Everything's beautiful. Yes. Yesterday was even 80. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. And to our special guest, we have Jacory on the line with us. So we will let him introduce himself and, and give us some insight as to how you got to this amazing podcast. Well, I began my career in dispatch uh, by answering an ad in the paper. Roasted rank, really? CTO trainer. Yeah, I answered that in the paper. I hmm. didn't didn't have any direction. Post cancer, just opened the ad in the paper one day. I applied and um, you know became a CTO trainer supervisor. Worked on accreditation. Hmm. Um, I left. I left and went into traffic management. So I thought I was staying in the field, but not really. Um, <laughs> circle back. Circle back to Dallas. Uh, that was a hell of an experience. And then I uh, initially found myself landing in the private sector and uh, I've juggled between the two. Um, so I think this is a really good topic and I'm among some phenomenal people and looking ready to dive in. I'm excited. Cool. Excellent. Well, number <laughs> one, I just want to throw out there you answered an ad in the paper. That's what I can't was believe. Was that back in the 70s? Because <laughs> we talked so much about who I'm not ads my in the age. paper anymore. Wow. No. And, and for those of you who may not be watching, he's not in his 70s. He's actually quite young. But it just surprises wow. me that somebody was still posting in the newspaper. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, there are still some agencies that have not reached that social media uh platform they've not bridged that gap with technology so their recruiting is antiquated and that's why we're you know impeding and that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day but that's why we're getting some of the results we're getting um as, in, in regards to recruiting um yeah. we have to change our strategies but that's another conversation <laughs> that yeah and that could be several conversations yes, so could be. we're we're kind of talking about that transition from because you mentioned you know, being in public safety and then going out into the private sector. And, you know, that's kind of where we're, we're headed here with this conversation is there are going to be some people listening that are uh, maybe looking for something else or maybe realizing, oh, this is harder than I thought. 
or maybe they're at that point in their career where they want more challenges. So I'll, I'll start with Jacory and then we can go around the horn. How has that transition be? Because a couple of us on this podcast um, have done moved from one to the other. There, we still have a couple on today who are still in the PSAP, but how has that process been? What was, what's been the big challenges? You know, I was having this, this dialogue, this exchange with vice president a couple of days ago of a major company. And so oh, I thought she I thought he all, meant the actual vice president. I'm like, well, look at <laughs> no, no. what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I've only dealt with Secret Service once. I've only dealt with Secret <laughs> Service once. <laughs> Must have been the traffic man. Another story. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. another episode. <laughs> wow. But um, you know, that that dialogue went something like this. So I see that you have a lot of experience. I see that you've been in a lot of roles. And the reality is yes. And what happened was I continued to evolve. I continue to grow. And it's not necessarily that those roles no longer fit me or that um, I outgrew those roles. I personally evolved. And so one of the challenges for a forward-thinking person like me is how do you obtain that next level in your life? How do you pursue that next thing that's going to excite you and challenge you and fulfill you? So that's why I sought the opportunity outside of public safety. And so with that being said, in the private sector, that role, that particular job, it's constantly evolving. That role is constantly changing. The duties are changing. Uh, the pay is changing. <laughs> Hell, some of the companies change. So with that being said, um, it's no longer mundane. It's no longer routine. And so for me, it was a better fit. Wow. Wow. Did you, you know, let me ask you this. I'm sorry. Let me okay. just ask you this. Did you leave 911? like on your, your own volition, you said, okay, I think I'm done with this. And you went on something else. Or did you say like, I'm just not feeling it. I'm out. I just, whatever. I mean, was it something like, what do you think? What do you do with that? So let me, let me, let me put it this way. Some personal goals that I had, some things that I wanted to accomplish. I did those things within the public safety sector. Damn it. That's cool. I did them. I yeah. said, I was going to be a CTO. I did it. I said, I was going to be a supervisor. I did it. I said, I was going to be an operations supervisor. I did it. I obtained my EMP, I obtained my RPO. So for me, <laughs> goal setting and being passionate and ambitious, um, I don't fall short in those areas. But clearly, you also yeah, clearly. You also, <laughs> you also have to think that um, there are some individuals there, there's some really talented individuals who have the strengths, have the abilities, and they just don't have the opportunity. So, mm -hmm. you know, I asked you a question like, um, let's define if. So if is a conjunction in the event of or on the condition that something will happen, right? On that premise, right? So what's your if? Like, you know, so if I'm sitting in the call center, if I remain in this call center, will my dreams, aspirations be dwindled? Will I achieve, in Oprah's words, my highest achievement of myself? You know, what does your future look like? And so I began to ask myself some personal questions. Like those were internal questions. Um, so today's particular episode, I can only speak to my experience. I can only speak to yeah, the right. fact that I chose more. So anyone out there that's listening, anyone out there that wants the opportunity, email me, FaceTime me, hit me up on um, Snapchat, whatever. <laughs> I can tell you that it's going to take those TikTok, <laughs> Tinder. Oh it's my gonna God, take wait a minute. <laughs> It's going to take having a difficult conversation with yourself yeah. to figure out what that future looks like, right? So I know some people that have done this for 20 years. I know some people that have been doing it longer than I've been alive. 
And so their fullest potential was remaining in that call center. That their fullest, <laughs> hey, hey, their fullest potential was mentoring and inspiring people like me. That was their dream to make sure that they left dispatch better than they yeah. found it. Wow. And guess what? They've accomplished that. Now for myself, I had some other goals. Sure. I love the fact that you have goal setting. I talk about that a lot in different classes about goal setting, how important it is to kind of keep you on a track, like go this way, look for that. And it's like, that's exactly what you did. You set the goals, got them and said, moving on next. Here we go. I have I a question. That kind of thing. Wow. All right. Go, John. Um, Jacory, you mentioned about constant change. So have you uh, felt, experienced that change is more rapid in the private sector for which you are in now than the public sector from dispatch or even traffic management? I'm assuming you have to answer is traffic management was that public or private um, kind of thing. Do you, do you, can you tell that the change is more rapid paced in the private arena? Absolutely. So, you know, let's face it. There's some lieutenants, some sergeants, some supervisors that are hanging on for dear life until they get their pension and even until they hit their drop right? They're not moving their boulders. They're actually impeding change. They're not adding to the agency. They're not improving the organization because they are burnout. They're tired. They're disinterested. And they've been disengaged for a very long time. So what happens is there's this wonderful thing. There's this concept of lateral uh, promotion. Lateral promotion. So <laughs> I'm going to give you more responsibilities. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of assignments, plus the ones that you're assigned to and the ones that you're paid for. And guess what? I'm not going to change your drive title. I'm not going to compensate you anymore. But I expect those things to be done with the same excellence that you do everything else with. Wow. And when you realize that you're <laughs> Superman and you realize that your cape is long enough to stretch across three floors, then you're good. <laughs> and you have that confidence in yourself. You make that move. So to answer your question, are things constantly changing and evolving? Yes, but not fast enough for some people. Wow. Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, and one of the things that as Jacory's talking, I'm thinking, because we've, we've had so many previous podcasts where we're talking about all these changes, technology and all this other stuff and, and how to a person we've gotten this pushback of, oh my gosh, no, that's too much. Mm -hmm. But when you look at what change can do, whether it's technology in your center or change within yourself that, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. Change is inevitable. And, and so I thought, I just thought, oh, wow, you know, that if you change how you change, how you look at change, how, if you, if you look at it as, as an opportunity for growth, then it's a different mindset than Oh my God, this is going to be so scary, and, and I don't know if I if I can do that. Joe, any any thoughts on, on what Jacory's mentioned or all these like Doug, you know, all these goals and goals and goals well, and Joe's got and Joe's got it good because he went from uh, nine hundred one to public to back to nine hundred one again. That's right. <laughs> some yeah, of, some of us have nine hundred one. Some of us have. Yeah. Some of us have. Yeah. I was in 901 for 10 years, and then I wanted to uh, move back home due to a series of cancer illnesses. And the job that was open at that time was a phone, cable, and internet company and running a call center, and now no longer in a 911 center. And I am forever grateful for that experience. When you talk about 911 now and where it's going and next generation 911, I learned more about the internet and how to troubleshoot issues. I learned more about phones and how they're connected. And I learned about, um, 
analyzing a call center and doing reports on talk time and all these other things. And it was interesting to me to go to a queue where people are just waiting to talk to you. And that caused some anxiety in me at first, but then I went and taught in other big cities and they're saying, we have a queue in 911. What are you talking about? So in some big cities, there is a queue, but I didn't come from the world where there was a queue. The phones just rang until somebody answered them. So when I first started at the phone cable internet company, and seeing people wait 30 minutes to talk to us, that just kind of caused me some stress. But the benefits of it were that it really helped me learn about technology and be more educated on uh, phones and internet and what's possible for the next generation 911. So was it weird for, did you go back to 911 from private industry? Yeah. Like dealing with like people the way you could deal with them in private industry, I'm sure it was a lot different than how oh, you could yes. deal with public. Yeah, so it was significantly different. We didn't have a union contract in the private company I worked at. So it was just you nipped problems um, a lot quicker uh, than dealing with maybe a union contract or following more rules in the public sector. Uh, Private definitely moved really fast. If there was a problem, it was solve it and move on. And it was no law. I mean, they would just get the people that could make the decisions together and you're implementing something. So it was quicker, easier to fix things. But there were also hurdles of having enough staff to do things and always keeping up with the changes and keeping people trained. Whereas 911 wants to make sure that they keep their people trained. So when they do get that call, that they're producing a high level product and the same level of service to all citizens. I just think it, yeah. I just think it would be a hell of a change to go from private sector where you can say what you want, I'm not say what you want to the public, but I mean, you can be a little <laughs> more curt with people than you can when you're working on 911. I mean, it's gotta be a little bit of a difference out there to kind of like, Corey, are you back in the private or public back in 91 now to speak to Doug's point? I'm in limbo. You're in limbo. Uh Uh-oh. I'm doing doing a bit of both. I'm doing a bit of both, sir. Okay. Double duty. Wow. I am. I'm. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Bruce Bruce Wayne. I am Bruce Wayne. So I'm a million dollar playboy during the day, dispatcher (laughs) by night. Um, wow. <laughs> when you see the 901 yeah. symbol in the sky, I'm ready to go. That's right. Jacory's going to get that. I will, I will, I will ask you all this. So I'm, I'm sitting with a phenomenal panel of, of great people, but I, I want each of us to, to think about this. Have we ever heard our bosses say this quote, you have a bright future here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you hear that, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in speaking to that, you hear you have a bright future here, right? My question was eventually, what does that future look like? You didn't include me on any of these plans. You say oh, I have yeah. a bright future. Yeah. What What is next? So when we talk about the resources, typically in the private sector, there's some continuing education. There's some um, some opportunities for growth and development. In 911, it's gonna be the same still no, no disrespect to anyone, but the same stale <laughs> conferences, the same stale classes. And once you travel that circuit, if, if you've not experienced it, you have to actually seek out opportunities. Whereas mm-hmm. in the private sector, your boss is telling you this is mandated. This is required. This is not an option. And succession planning is there. Your, your key performance indicators are also there as well. Um, and I think that's the difference in the resources available. You know, you know, with, I know with, I know. with go ahead, John. Go ahead. Okay, with that, with and you mentioned this, Corey. ENP, RPL, those are things you sought out, correct? Those were things that that the the company, the public, the the center said you need to do this. Now there are some agencies that do require supervisors to a, a, obtain 
one of those two certifications within a certain span of time, usually in a supervisory role, um, which obviously the agency will sponsor and cover cost. But those, don't you think that the, when you talk about the stale conferences and the, I get what you mean, I, I get it. Um, it's like the same old topic, just spun a different way. And it's just a different presenter, which can trigger some things. But with those other additives now of ENP, RPL, CPE, um, then you have, I don't know if it, the CMCP, and then you have the CCMs. I mean, the list can go on within <laughs> yeah. our industry. There are, don't you feel that there are some more, um, I don't want to call them things, but opportunities now available that just didn't exist with your first go round in 911? No, because those are reserved. I just got them working on the diversity and inclusion scholarship committee um, for voices that are not um, prevalent or not raised loudly within our industry. And you'd be amazed that once managers obtain their certifications, once they have what they need to run a center, they're really not concerned with the people on the front line. They mm. always come second. And so that was also a problem for me as well. Like, hey man, like we're in the trenches, we're doing the job, I'm pressing these buttons daily. Um, provide me with the tools, not only the equipment, cause we talked about technology. Like I love next gen, I think it's phenomenal. Y'all define that later. Um, it's probably like five pages, 10 pages, 50 pages. Nobody knows what next gen really looks like. Give me a definition of it, right? But I can tell you what career progression looks like. I can tell you what your succession planning looks like. I can tell you what the next step for you will be in your career and what tools or courses or training is gonna be involved with that. And that's black and white. And what happens is again, in some centers, not in my experience, once my managers had what they needed, I, it was not an option for me. Yeah. You know, I, 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 just, yeah. I, I have to tell you that I feel that a lot of that is because our supervisors and managers, stuff like that, they receive very little training on how to actually be a supervisor. So they think if I get a title, that's enough. And I don't give a damn what happens. And I'm like, that can't be the end of it. You've got to say, I've got this title, but I've got to like, just because I'm an EMP or Bro. whatever all these other damn numbers you said are, it's like, they still have to be a supervisor. They still have to be like out on the floor, helping people, supporting, encouraging, all that kind of stuff. And they just don't get that kind of training. I see that all the time when I'm out training classes, I hear people saying, I was, I received no training to be a supervisor and am I supposed to do all these things? And I'm like, that's an unfortunate part of your agency has put you up for failure with that thing. So before I go though, I just want to tell you that uh, I hope you didn't trademark that if, cause I'm going to use that. So just, uh, just so you know. Uh, yeah. So now, now you're a part that, of somebody that, else's course. That's a true, that's a true right point. <laughs> What's your if? That, that's a true point, Doug, about those things. Now, Jacory, I admire you for, for pursuing that and that self-motivation and, and letting it fill your cup kind of thing. Uh, but just because you have those alphabet soups after someone's name doesn't make you a better supervisor. Yeah. That just makes you, you know, more educated kind of thing yeah. um, right. by that. But it's still something that if my agency doesn't provide me anything, I can network through those things with other supervisors right. and become better and i hope they do right. i always try to tell people network with other people if your agency doesn't do it for you go find another agency that does and work but, with them you but the, the unique thing about those courses the unique thing about all those alphabets and and all those courses is that it incorporates the people factor yes. so we're talking about we're talking about the transition we're talking about why leave we're talking about why stay we're talking about recruiting retention 
all these things are factors, mm -hmm. we really have a breakdown in communication in the communication center oh, yeah. on how to actually deal with people. So you know what, guess what? Again, I gave you the example of lateral, lateral promotion, right? So finding people's strengths, finding what they're good at, what they're passionate about, giving them those assignments that they're gonna excel at is a, is a way to enhance someone's experience. Yeah. It's also right. an opportunity for them to grow their skill set. It's also an opportunity for them to see value in what they do and continue to push forward and have some type of inspiration right there in the center. It's all about right. the process. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, in, you know, we've only got about 40 seconds left, but one of the <laughs> things that, that I take from some of Jacory's comments and, and just talking to, you know, everybody else on, on the panel is we have to look holistically at our employees. You know, we're, I think we're all very good at providing them training on how to do the job of a dispatcher. But I think in Jacory's situation, and, and maybe there's others out there who are listening is, you know, care about me as a person yeah. and maybe a class that I want to take has absolutely nothing to do with talking to someone who wants to commit suicide, but it gives me that personal growth, that ability to recognize that this agency values me as a person, exactly. not just a warm body in the seat. Yep. And I think that's, that's huge. So I think we're going to have to have Jacory back <laughs> and talk about all of those other <laughs> topics that he brought up because it's like, you know, and we're all sitting there like, yeah, yeah. And when he does and come back, I'll tell him about my if thing where it says, hey, well, I have, I, <laughs> I have one more if for you. Okay. Okay. I, I want to hear it. I will leave it alone. You know, my philosophy, my premise, like where, where I am, this is this is daily. If you aren't helping the person on the phone, then you need to be doing everything in your power to help the person that is. Mm. Wow. And that's the premise that I live by. So whether I'm in the private sector, public sector, whether I'm out on the street, whether I'm at my house, the idea is that we continue to serve and make an impact. Um, I'll wrap a little bit of it up as well and say, if there was a podcast out there that gives you a few <laughs> ideas... There is. It's listen to We Speak. And if there was a Facebook page you could follow, there is. It's We Speak Dispatch. And if there was a TikTok page, you anyhow, we're on every podcast and everything else. Jacory, thanks for coming. I'm going to turn it back over to Leslie to wrap this thing up. Oh, I can follow that, Joe. That was perfect. So please tell your friends about We Speak Dispatch. Talk about it. Think about it. Uh, we will put you in contact with Jacory. You can hit him up on Snapchat and all those other various assorted <laughs> platforms you mentioned. And, um, but yeah, and this is, and if you want to be a guest on We Speak Dispatch, reach out to us because this is what we do. We just talk about stuff that we know people are probably thinking about when they go to work. So have a fantastic shift. Have a great week, weekend, month, whatever it is. Thank you very much for being here. Bye now. Thank you all. See you guys. Hey, this is Jill, and you've been listening to another great episode of We Speak Dispatch, proudly sponsored by our friends at Zybex. 911 emergency, what are you reporting? 911 emergency, what are you reporting?